We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. An Odyssey station. And now... The third guy was Brian Barrett. He was good. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Other sports shows can't compare it. And that's... This is the Brian Barrett Show. How about this juicy nugget? I think music is obnoxious. It's too loud. On Boston Sports Original. The way this works is you say something, I say something, you say something. That's how it works. You can't just keep talking. W-E-E-I. I'm feeling frisky now. I'm feeling very excited. All right, welcome back in. We are taking you all the way up until the first pitch of the Red Sox game. The triple A lineup for your Boston Red Sox today. No JD back spasms. No Rafael Devers. He's dealing with a hamstring situation that could land him on the injured list. No Trevor Story. Still dealing with a hand injury. It is an absolute debacle. That's the only reason I think Durant is in the lineup after his press conference that was just unbecoming of a member of this organization, quite frankly. That was just an atrocious performance after the game. He was really bad in the game. He was worse after the game. Yeah, let me know when you feel the ball in the twilight. Okay, uh, okay, let's take it easy. <laughs> His explanation for why he didn't run after it. He thought he was going to hit Verdugo. Dude, you can see him. The ball's on the ground. We're not talking about in the air. We're talking about when the ball's on the damn ground. Completely unprofessional. Uh, speaking of unprofessional, did you guys see the offer that was made to Rafael Devers? So it came out at the All-Star game this week that Alex Spear from the Globe, great scoop by him, he had the reporting that Devers was offered eight years and $168 million around there because they compared Raphael Devers to Matt Olson. Okay, so then Rob Bradford, our own Rob Bradford, went and he followed up with Rafi, and Rafi confirmed that through his translator that he had heard that was the deal. Okay, so here's the problem here. You're comparing Raphael Devers to Matt Olson. So first and foremost, if you don't know, I'm sure you do. You're listening to me right now. You're baseball fans. Matt Olson is a first baseman. And a gold glove first baseman, very good. Nobody's disputing that. Very good first baseman. But what you're essentially telling Rafael Devers, think about this. This is your first offer you ever made to him, which is a joke to begin with. He should have been offered something after 19, should have been offered something after 20, and that would have been a good time to go to him because he was coming off a down two months, right? That would have been a good time to get a bargain basement deal, so to speak, a hometown discount. You didn't do any of that. Okay, so you go to Devers this offseason for the first time ever approaching him. He's coming off an outstanding season. So what you're doing, and look, I get the defensive numbers. He has not been a great defensive player. Even this year, he's not been great defensively. Now, much improved, but I get it. He has not been a great defensive player. But by comparing him to Matt Olson, what you're telling the player in the first offer you make to him, or the first part of a negotiation, you're telling Rafi, you can't play third base. Why would anybody want to negotiate with you further after that's basically the statement you are making by that contract offer? That is a slap in the face. That is disrespectful. And what the organization needs to know, we want the guy here. The fan base wants the guy here. The clubhouse wants the guy here. He's one of the best players in the sport. You do not make an offer like that by slapping the guy in the face. That was flat out disrespectful. No other way to put it. You disrespected your best player. You disrespected one of the best players in the sport. And that is unacceptable. And that should not be tolerated. And to compare him to Matt Olson is a joke. Matt Olson, good player. But he's entering his 28-year-old season. Rafael Devers was entering his 25-year-old season. He's three years younger. And by the way, you look from 19 to 21. 19 is when Rafi broke out. He had the 54 doubles. 
at the age of 23, I should remind you. So even with the defensive issues with Devers, Fangraph's war since the start of 19, Devers, 11.7, that's 12th. Olsen, 9.6, 32nd. Olsen, gold glove first base player. Nobody's disputing that. Raphael Devers, considered to be at that point entering the season, liability defensively, still more than two wins more replacement, over replacement than Matt Olsen, even with the defensive issues. That takes in everything into account. Still two wins better than Matt Olsen. Hits, Rafi, 427. Olsen, 323. Rafi's fifth during that stretch in Major League Baseball and hits. Olsen is 47th. 104 more hits. 107 doubles for Rafi, tied for first. 65 for Olsen, 58th. 43 more doubles for Rafael Devers. And you're telling me you offered him the same contract as Matt Olsen and you told the guy that he couldn't play a position? Stop. And it would really scare me if I'm a fan of this team, which I am, so it does scare me. I don't know why I'm saying if I was, I am. What's going to happen this offseason? Because if you cannot get a contract done with Rafael Devers, what are you doing? Because you can't trust Hein Bloom to trade the guy. Look at the return he got from Mookie Betts. How could anybody trust Hein Bloom to make that trade? He got Verdugo, Connor Downs, or excuse me, Jeter Downs and Connor Wong. How could you expect him to make that deal? And I threw this out there on Twitter earlier. What's a worse deal? Minnesota's return for Kevin Garnett that did land them Al Jefferson or the return for Mookie Betts. You could make a real convincing argument, and I would, that Hein Bloom's trade is way worse than Kevin McHale's. And it does kind of sniff of that, right? He traded, Kevin McHale traded his star to Danny Ainge, his friend, and Hein Bloom traded Mookie Betts to Andrew Friedman, his friend. Worked for the same organization. Kind of sniffs of the same sort of thing, doesn't it? And if you're Devers, at this particular point in time, next season, you're going to get a ton of arbitration. And then you're entering the final year of your contract. It doesn't behoove you to take any sort of below market discount. Why would you? He's getting 300 from somebody no matter what. I don't know why the Manny Machado deal, 10 years, 300, hasn't been offered to him yet. And this whole idea, oh, he won't negotiate during the season. Every player says that they will. If you went to Rafi's representatives and put a deal in front of them, the Mookie Betts deal, they would bring it to Rafi, or excuse me, the Mookie Betts deal, the Manny Machado deal, 10 for 300. They would at least look at it and tell Rafi, hey, this is what we have. And look, if Rafi says no, all right, then you try again down the road. But at least the organization would be sending a message to the fan base that, hey, we're actually trying to sign the guy. We're not trying to lowball him. And we're not trying to downgrade the player and trying to rip the player off. We're actually making a real offer to our star player. Because this whole idea about sustainability and building up the farm system and all that, why would Rafael Devers not be a part of that? He's 25 years old right now. Why wouldn't you? This should be the exception to the rule. This is a guy that a 10-year contract could work out. And for the majority of the contract, it would work out. He's not even prime yet. He's pre-prime. And you haven't made him a legitimate offer? That is a joke. He is asleep at the wheel, is Bloom with this one. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Adam and Brighton. What's up, Adam? Hey, Brian. I just wanted to, I guess, see what, like, John Henry's opinion on all of this. Like, I know that Heim seems to be one of his guys. But how long, like, is the leash that Heim is, like, actually going to end up getting in this well, whole Adam, situation? Part of the Well, Adam, part of the reason that I say that John Henry seems to be okay with this is he had that quote, in the Globe about two weeks ago where he says it takes two sides to make a deal. And it looks worse for John Henry because we just found out what the offer was to Devers, about 8 for 168, and we know what the offer was to Xander, one extra year at 30 mil, so he'd be paid less money on an annual basis than Trevor Story. And he's saying that it takes two to make a deal. So essentially what he's saying by that is he agrees with what Bloom is doing. And so he clearly supports Bloom. But even if he supports him, like how long, I guess, do they like does he allow him to keep like lowballing his star players and kind of like you know upsetting his fan base until he says like okay maybe we need to go in a different direction or like, I would say you know, Adam until it's bad for party. business I would say until it's bad for business that's what I would say and I appreciate the call Adam good stuff his lines open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven by the way we're coming to this Red Sox season, WEI is coming to you as we broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio before Red Sox home games. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks, official truck of the Red Sox. That's where we are today at the beautiful Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio as we get you ready for the second game of this three-game set, Sox and Jays, as the Sox put together a AAA lineup out there. But I believe that the Red Sox ownership completely supports Heimblum. 
John Henry had that quote in the Globe. It takes two to make a deal. Well, now we know what the numbers were on Devers and Xander Bogarts. So if he believes that's the value of Bogarts and Devers, that's a complete joke. And that is telling you that he supports the deal that Heimblum put on the table. And I just don't understand this whole thing. Like, Heimblum's won jack. These guys are champions. You came to a championship-level organization, and we're siding with Bloom. This whole idea, oh, these guys got to prove it to Bloom that they can win so they can be buyers at the deadline. Uh, he's got to prove he's good at his job. Has he proven that? How has Bloom proven he's good at his job? 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Bob, who's in New Hampshire. Hey, Bobby. How are you? Good. Can you hear me? I got you, Bob. What's up, man? Yes. First of all, I'd like to say everyone's pronouncing his his name wrong. It's Hiam Doom with D as in dummy. <laughs> first of all, secondly. Oh, that's not nice, Bob. Right. Come on. But it, but it's true because from the beginning, <laughs> uh, over a year ago, we had a huge problem at first base, and I agree. there was someone that they could have gotten who would have been perfect for the team, as well as you know when I say team for the clubhouse. But, and that's Anthony Rizzo, who was available at the time. But they decided to spend their money elsewhere. And why, Bob? Now, why? Why I mean, do you think they did that? Excuse me? Why do you think they did that? I, only Hyam only or Judge. Well, I can tell you why they did that, Bob. I can tell you. I can tell you. And look, they got lucky with the Schwarber thing. But the reason they did that is because they didn't want to give up the prospects. And that's why they got Schwarber, because Schwarber was going to take three weeks to be here because he was dealing with an injury and they only had to give up their 18th prospect, Aldo Ramirez. That's why they made the deal. They got lucky with the Schwarber thing. If Schwarber wasn't hurt, he was not. He would not have been a member of this organization. I guarantee you that. I, you're right. Let me just say one other thing, and that is your point about John Henry being the problem too. He is extremely happy, in my opinion, just to be competitive, just spend just enough money to be competitive. Yep. He doesn't care about winning anymore. He just cares about being competitive. And right. So it's about making money because well, I, Bob, I this is now a complete, This is a completely a business now, Bob, because he's got the Penguins. He of course he's got Liverpool and he's gonna try to buy an NBA team if they open up an organization in Vegas. This is what it's about. It's about the portfolio now. They used to be, Bob, to their credit, they used to be all about breaking the curse, winning World Series. They're not that group anymore. They're not, because how else could you explain what has transpired over the past two years or so. They're not all about winning. If you remember, let me say this other thing. One, if you remember last year, after they finally lost, I am Doom and the ownership <laughs> got on the radio and said, well, we're pretty happy where we have. No one expected us to be there, which proves my point. That's all they care about. Just get enough interest from the, from the uh, fan base to keep coming to the games, to keep yep. turning on the TV so they yep. can make money. They don't You're care right. about winning. So just just pass along to your people. His name is pronounced Doom as in Dummy. And thank you for the time. <laughs> All right, Bob. Good stuff. I'm Doom. <laughs> what do you think of that, Stiz? I think that's the new nickname going forward. Creative. Creative. I appreciate it, Bob. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until the first pitch of the Sox game. So if you do want to weigh in on the Devers situation... Bloom as we approach the trading deadline. And if you do want to react to the Duran situation, we hit a lot of that earlier. You certainly can. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you here on EI. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The warm weather is here, and Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey is saying, screw it, let's shoot it. All you need is some salt, an orange slice, and, of course, some screwball. Lick the salt, shoot it, and finish it with an orange slice. Lick it, shoot it, screw it. Ask for screwball shots with salt and an orange slice while you're enjoying the weather or at any restaurant or bar. This is the perfect summer shot. Lick it, shoot it, screw it. Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. Let us screw loose. Please enjoy responsibly. I think that's what I'm going to do tonight. Is I've decided that during the Red Sox game tonight, I am going to take shots of screwball peanut butter whiskey. I will enjoy responsibly, but I'm going to take a couple shots of it. All right. Well, the Sox fell to the Jays 28-5 to last night. It's the most runs the Red Sox have ever let up in the history of the organization. They've been around for quite some time. The Sox and the Jays will play the second of the three-game set tonight at Fenway Park. 
Earlier start, 410 first pitch across the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network, Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. You can tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 310. That is sponsored by the office, uh, the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. And on the mound today, it's going to be Cutter Crawford, who has recently been the Red Sox best pitcher. But the problem is Alec Manoa, who throws absolute frisbees, is on the mound tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. The B signed Jack Stanika to a two-year contract extension. It'll have an annual cap hit of just over $760,000. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Brian Barrett Show on WEEI. All right, we're taking you up until the first pitch of the Red Sox game. Therapeutic afternoon, if you will, here at Fenway Park as we sort through the rubble that was the loss last night and some of just the miscalculations of the front office. So if you want to weigh in on Devers, that's on the table. What happened with Jaron Duran last night and how he completely handled himself unprofessionally after the game, that's on the table. And Bloom's construction of this team, 617-779-7937, the number. So I do want to get back to one thing here quickly is... I know a lot of people mention this about Kyle Schwarber, but I just cannot comprehend the lack of the aggression in going after him in free agency when the reporting is, of course, we know what his contract is, $79 million. We had the reporting that the Red Sox did not offer $40 million, Okay, so they're far off on that. But I just don't understand how this is a really good move at the trading deadline, even though, as I contend, they only make that move because Schwarber's hurt. They weren't going to give up big-time prospects for him. So even with that being said, Schwarber was great for this team last year once he made his debut. And he completely changed this offense. And what I mean by that is this. So after Kyle Schwarber finally made his debut on the 13th of August, the Red Sox from that point forward had a 9.7% walk rate. That ranked third in Major League Baseball. By the way, Schwarber himself was 19.6% in terms of his walk rate. That was third in baseball behind only Juan Soto and Shohei Otani. The Red Sox pre-Schwarber had a 7.8% walk rate, which was 24th in baseball. So post-Schwarber, third in walk rate. Pre-Schwarber, 24th in walk rate. Alex Cora mentioned on multiple occasions how it was a different type of at-bat. And having this guy hit in front of the big boppers. Now, J.D.'s not hitting for power anymore. But having him hit in front of Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez was so massive because Schwarber is so difficult to pitch to. Yeah, there's swing and miss. There's strikeouts. But there's that with story, too. But Schwarber grinds out at bats. He will spit on everything. He will not swing at pitches out of the zone. So it really helped in terms of wearing down starting pitchers, wearing down bullpen guys, because he will make you throw a ball in the zone. And the problem is, when you throw it in the zone, a lot of times he'll hit it out of the ballpark. So going back to those numbers, post-Schwarber debut, August 13th, the Red Sox, after that time, had a 346 on base percentage. That was third in baseball. Pre-Schwarber, 322. That was 11th in Major League Baseball. So all these numbers go up after the Schwarber debut. 
You look at the OPS, 826 post-Schwarber, that was first. Pre-Schwarber, 758, that was fifth. So the Red Sox, post-Kyle Schwarber, had a different-looking lineup because Devers, J.D., all these guys are free swingers. And to have a guy like Kyle Schwarber that not only is incredibly disciplined at the plate, but can also help, can also hit for power is massive. And as I referenced earlier, since the Red Sox are horrible defensively at first base and they're getting no production out of Cordero or Dahlback, since Jaron Duran is absolutely atrocious in the field as well, he's not giving you any production with the bat whatsoever. You never replaced Renfro, which meant Jackie Bradley Jr. was going to play every day. So defense was obviously not a priority with Duran, with Franchi, with Dahlbeck. And remember, Dahl, uh, Franchi wasn't even the plan. I don't want to make this like a huge thing about Franchi. Franchi was never supposed to play first base. He was playing outfield in Worcester. That's what he is. And they said, hey, uh, Dahlbeck is so bad, we can't play Travis Shaw because it looks like he's swinging a bat underwater, so we need to get rid of him. So let's have Franchi start playing first base, and what do you know? It's actually difficult to play. It's a difficult position to play, but for some inexplicable reason, the Red Sox don't acknowledge that. So, okay, if we're going with that basis, why don't you have Schwarber come here, play a couple of games at first, couple of games at DH, couple of games at the outfield, keep his bat in the lineup, and then next year, because you're not going to re-sign J.D. Martinez, and that's probably the wise thing to do anyway, then Schwarber becomes the everyday DH. It seems like a very simplistic plan and the Red Sox were not remotely into it. And this is something that clearly helped their offense. Their offense was way better with Schwarber than it was pre-Schwarber. It was good pre-Schwarber. I'm not telling you they were terrible. But post-Schwarber, this was arguably the best offense in baseball. First in OPS. Third in average. Fifth in home runs. Third in runs. Third in on-base percentage. Third in walk rate. And you ignored the impact that this guy had on the team. And that, to me, is just unforgivable. And I just look at it this year. So remember, I told you, third in walk rate post-Schwarber, 24th pre-Schwarber. You know where the Red Sox are at at walk rate right now? 25th at 7.5%. You know how many home runs the Red Sox have hit? 95, 17th. Schwarber's hit 30. This was the perfect fit. The two biggest issues with this Red Sox offense. They do not walk. We can all acknowledge that. They do not walk. And they do not hit home runs with the exception of Rafael Devers. You had a guy that actually did both of those things. And you weren't even close to making a good offer to this guy. Who loved it here? He talked about it at the All-Star game. Loved it in Boston. Fitting in the clubhouse. And again, another thing that we underrate here sometimes when we're just looking outside of the organization or looking outside of the market, guys have to fit here. Carl Crawford didn't fit here. Adrian Gonzalez didn't fit here. This guy fit here. This guy relished the moment. This guy had played in a big market like Chicago. And gone through some difficult times there were times they were benching him. And he comes here and he's ready for that type of moment. And you ignored that type of player. That to me is flat out unforgivable. All these other issues, the bullpen, that was horrible. Diekman is an absolutely atrocious reliever coming off a down year. All that stuff was bad. But this to me, I have no idea why they weren't interested in this guy more except the money portion of the equation. Because how? Heim Bloom. If he is this great baseball mind, how did you ignore what he meant to the lineup? How did you ignore the approach he took at the plate? The power he hit with, how did you ignore that? That is malpractice. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Tom. He's in Chicopee. Hey, Tom, what's up, man? Yes, Brian. I got two things to throw at you, and then I'll I'll listen to your comment. Sure. Number one, it seems to me the players are real close. You know, Devers, Bogarts, they've all been, you know, Vasquez. Is it possible we may see a team revolt here? Let's say they decide to keep Devers, right? But Devers says to them, listen, you don't sign Bogarts. I don't care what you offer me. I'm going. That's not one thought. The next thought is, you know, J.D., Bogarts, and uh, Devers, They've been in the top ten for the last couple of years batting. They're great place setters. Why not trade for a high-powered first-base hitter in an outfield? Outfielder. Well, Tom, the problem yeah. is they had the guy. I appreciate the call, Tom. The problem is they had the guy here. They had the guy here that was the perfect complement to Bogarts, to J.D. Endeavors, and they just let him go. It's not like, oh, yeah, you know what? That Schwarber guy may have fit with the Red Sox. We legitimately saw it. That's what I just cannot comprehend and I cannot understand. We saw it. Schwarber was so good for this team. We legitimately watched it. And you just ignored it. 
I can't comprehend the thought process there. The only thing that I can come to is either A, it's the money situation, or B, Bloom just completely outsmarted himself, saying, I can find another guy like that. Clearly, you cannot. Story's not that type of player. Story will hit for some power. He's got 15 home runs, second on the team, but he's not a disciplined hitter. The guy strikes out too, just like Schwarber does, except Schwarber walks. He has a control of the strike zone. So I just can't get over the Schwarber thing. I never understood it in the offseason, and it's the same thing that we predicted before the season. They're not going to hit for enough power, and they're not going to have enough guys that walk, and Schwarber fit both those things. Let's get to David in Florida. David, what's up? Hi, Brian. How are you? Oh, fabulous, fabulous. You think it's going to be better. <laughs> now, for a couple of things. I got a bunch of things. Yes, the, the, the Duran play yesterday. Um, that, I mean, think that happens. That happens. People lose, lose sight of the ball. But what's more egregious is that, and if you go back about five or six years ago, there was a play when um, when Brock Holt um, made a similar exceptional play when when Johnny Gomes couldn't find the ball and he rescued him. But nobody is backing is backing Dever. Um, Pedroia did it night. too. Remember when Pedroia did it? Yeah. No, I don't. Oh yeah, I, no, I don't remember that one. Yeah, it was but in Texas. Pedroia did it in a game in Texas. Okay. All right. Verdugo but did back him up. Verdugo him ran up. and got the David. What are you talking about? Verdugo ran and got the ball. Well, yes, he did. Yes, five seconds too late. But I mean, he should have been behind him as Duran is going forward. Um, Verdugo or even Jackie Bradley, God forbid, should have been behind him. And it was too late. They just watch it, and then after the ball hits, they go and react. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean look, Brock David, I'm not, I'm not going to blame Verdugo and Jackie for that. I'm going to blame Duran that he didn't run after the ball. That was unprofessional. But if, if, if you look at what the same thing with Arroyo when he lost the ball in the sun a few weeks ago, I mean, and I mean, uh, the pop fly last night. David, you're burying the lead. I mean, come on, you're burying the lead. I'm not getting into the backup situation here. You're burying the lead. What's your other point? You have another point you wanted to make? I'm not burying the lead. There's a couple. Yeah, you are, David. You're burying the lead. The guy didn't no, run after no, the ball, and the way that he handled the media last night was unprofessional. That's the story with the play. It's not Verdugo. It's not Jackie. Don't don't think you're coming up with some genius take here. It's the players. It's the players playing for each other. It's a cultural issue, and you're, you're right. I mean, Bloom has done a horrible job, but Cora does not hold the players accountable. It's one thing to say that you talk about it, but then it's another thing to to, to do something about it. And he yeah, look, David, not... David, David, hold on. I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. My hunch is I would have liked to see Duran out of the lineup tonight. I told you that earlier in the show. I would have liked to see that. Here's the problem. I don't believe that the Red Sox have enough players in terms of the 40-man roster, because you've seen what happened today, right? Rafael Devers could go on the IL. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. J.D. Martinez still isn't playing. He's dealing with back spasms. Trevor Story is already out, because Trevor Story, as we all know, he's been dealing with a hand injury. He's, by the way, Trevor Story is on the IL, right-hand contusion. He's working on his defense and throwing, courtesy of Chris Smith, who will join us at the pregame show. But he has not swung a bat, so he's not available. So when you just look at it from a lineup perspective, I believe this is why Jaron Duran is playing. Because they don't have enough bodies right now, so they have to play the guy. Sanchez is in the lineup today. Cordero's hitting fifth. Verdugo's hitting... <laughs> I mean, you got Cordero and Dahl back in the lineup. So I don't think if this team was healthy, Duran would not be playing today. I think it's a numbers thing. Let's get to Derek in Mass. What's up, Derek? Hey, how you doing, Brian? What's up, man? Uh, not much. I, I just wanted to get in on the Devers thing. Um, probably the funniest thing I heard earlier today was uh, boss man Laird saying that, you know, defending the front office about their eight-year, $164 million contract for Devers. It was ridiculous. But it should be. The Wait, Ken defended that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he what did he say? Curtis. It, was, it was unbelievable. He's like, well, that's a starting point. No, that's not a starting point. <laughs> Starting point would have been eight two sixty four, a thirty three million average annual, and then go yeah. from there. And Derek, Derek, you know, the one thing Devers about that, Derek, Derek, hold on. What, the one thing, let me just uh, react to that, and then you can go on with your next point. The one thing that I would, 
just say about the Devers situation. Your first offer, you told your best player, and I would argue a top five player in the sport, but even if you say he's not a top five, he's definitely a top ten player in the sport. Your first offer to that guy was, hey, we don't believe in you as a player to play this position. And look, his numbers were not great defensively. I've acknowledged that. But how is that how you open up a negotiation with your best player, telling him he can't do something? How do you think that's going to work? That's what was disrespectful about it. Yeah, exactly. And then, and he's getting incrementally better at third. I think as years go by, he'll, he'll even get better. But the thing is, it, the floor should have been eight years, 264. That's a $33 million a year, you know. And then they could come back with 10, 330, and maybe they could agree on nine, 297. You know? It, yeah, it and I just hope, J- Derek, my whole thing is I just worry, like, it seems like some people have the idea. Bradford said it yesterday. I know that Will Fleming's confident, too, that they'll get something done at some point with Rafael Devers. I'm just concerned about it. I am legitimately concerned. I chatted with Buster Only from ESPN last week, of course, National Major League Baseball reporter. And he said there's nothing that indicates that Bloom's going to give a $300 million contract to Rafael yeah. Devers. I'm just concerned that he'll actually get it done. And if he doesn't get it done, we saw what he got from Mookie. It wasn't nearly good enough. And then yeah. are you going to go into yeah. next season, Derek, with Rafael Devers being in a situation where the next year he can go into free agency? Oh, yeah. I mean, you get that far. They, they, he probably will walk. You know, it's it's it's. You know, it's just being disrespected. It's it's stupid. He's that good a player. Give him the money. Yeah, and I think, too, Derek, and I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. I think one of the things that they're underrating right now with ownership and with the front office is the Red Sox have forever been a destination. Players want to come here, and players want to play for Alex Cora. And now you look at it. Bogarts is obviously pissed off with the organization. Devers ain't happy with the organization. Mookie Betts wanted to leave the organization. And look, maybe that's its own individual thing. I understand all that. But all these guys, it's an ugly situation. Are guys going to want to come and play here when all these guys are exiting? And then I would also say this. If you're coming up in this organization right now and you look at the way they've treated Xander Bogarts, a champion, a Silver Slugger Award winner, does everything right, has had no issues off the field, has been a leader of this clubhouse for years. How do you feel if you're a young player in the organization right now looking at the way they treated Xander by offering him a fake contract? That's a joke. Let's get to Jason. He's in Providence. Hey, Jason. Hey, Brian. How are you, man? Good. Amazing show as always. Um, Thank you. I agree with pretty much everything you always say, and uh, especially the Schwarber thing. I mean, if you, if you think about Schwarber, Bogarts and Devers. Here's three guys who love or loved, in the case of Schwarber, being here, and the fans love or loved them. And ownership and Bloom couldn't care less, it seems. This season yeah, is think, starting to. Re- Go ahead, I don't man. get it. I, I just I don't get that one, Jason, because it's not just that he fit from playing in the market, being able to relish the moment, understanding what it was like to play for, even though the Cubs had not won, but playing for a historic big market franchise. And then secondarily, just the baseball fit offensively could not have been more perfect. I understand the defensive stuff, but the Red Sox have a lot of defensive holes. You can find a way to keep his bat in the lineup every day. Honestly, I agree. And I think, you know, with what you're getting defensively from first base, you may as well have the same defense at first base with the 30 home runs and however many RBIs at the All-Star break. I mean, yeah. with 30 more home runs, I don't know if this team would be a ton better, but they might have five to ten more wins. Well, and Jason, let's also remember this, and I appreciate the call, my friend. Good stuff. Let's also remember this with this team. It's not just like first base is the only position you could have put Kyle Schwarber this season. There's other places you can play him, like, I don't know, in the outfield. And if you look at the guys that are playing right now in the outfield, it's Jaron Duran that just embarrassed himself on and off the field last night. And he's one of the worst outfielders I've legitimately ever seen, and that's not hyperbolic. The guys have minus seven defensive runs saved in less than 200 innings. The two guys in the sport that are worse than him at center field, both of them have played north of 500 innings. Jackie Bradley Jr. has played in 82 games. You're telling me that you couldn't find room for Kyle Schwarber to play out in the outfield? I just don't understand it. It makes zero sense to me whatsoever. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you all the way up until the first pitch of the Red Sox game. So I do want to get to, should this team actually be buyers at the deadline? And I don't think they're going to be, although I want them to be. I'll tell you why next year on EI. 
Now, more of The Brian Barrett Show on WEEI. All right, and we're taking you up until the first pitch of the Red Sox game, 617-779-7937. The number, if you do want to wave in the Raphael Devers situation, Heim Bloom, should he buy or sell in just the whole situation, if not putting any emphasis on Kyle Schwarber in the offseason. So here's one thing to remember as it pertains to farm systems. The Red Sox, if you remember back in 2016, by some entities had the number one farm system in the entire sport. But by most entities, a top five farm system. Well, let me read off a couple of names here. Yoan Moncada, not a good player, okay? Now, he was a resource for you to get Chris Sale. That's that's what his value was to the organization. He's not good. He's not a good baseball player. Rafael Devers, number two, okay. Dave Dombrowski said, we ain't trading him. We're not putting him in the Chris Sale trade. He's one of the best players in the sport. Andrew Benintendi, all right, fine player. Anderson Espinosa was your fourth-ranked prospect. Michael Kopech was fifth. Kopech ain't good. He's barely pitching. Now, he's okay when he's actually pitching, but the guy's never healthy. Brian Johnson, not that great. Sam Travis, number seven. Devin Marrero was ninth. Michael Chavis was 10th. Travis Lakins Sr., remember that guy? Yeah, he was 11th. Marco Hernandez was 13th. Pat Light, good media personality, but he was 15th at the Red Sox organization back in 16. So my point is this whole idea of building up this farm system, most of these guys don't make it. So what you need to do and what Dave Dombrowski was so good at was he could identify the right guys to trade. So I go back to the Craig Kimbrell trade. All he essentially gave up was Manuel Margot. That's it. And Manuel Margot isn't even on the Padres anymore. He's okay. He's a serviceable player, but he's not some unbelievable guy that you missed out on. Chris Sale, you gave up Kopik and you gave up Moncati. You would do that trade again. The extension, totally different storyline. But in terms of the actual trade, he hit that out of the ballpark. Steve Pierce, Santiago Espinal. Yeah, he made the All-Star game. Look at his numbers. He's not that good of a player. You do that deal again because you know what it got you? It got you a right-handed compliment to Mitch Moreland, the platoon you needed at first base to win a World Series. This is the stuff that Dombrowski was good at. Think about Nathan Avaldi. You do not win a World Series in 18 without Nathan Avaldi. Acknowledge that. You don't. And you know what you gave up? Jalen Beeks. That's it. This is what Dave Dombrowski was really good at, and Heim Bloom has yet to prove he's good at these type of things. So build up the farm system all you want. The reality is this. None of them are going to be Devers. Most of them aren't going to be Bogarts. So are you going to factor in the Major League team at all? That's the question I have. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Mike in Boston. Hey, Mike. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So, uh, so I don't know where to start, to be honest with you, after last night. But anyway, <laughs> I got two gripes as being a diehard Red Sox fan, but I'm Bloom. If okay. I just may jump back to last year briefly, if I can. Sure. Last year, he, sign, he signs Matt Bonds, right? Matt Bonds to a two-year yeah. extension. He had a good first <laughs> half. This is it. He had a good first half. Then the bum doesn't. He made the all-star. He made the all-star game. Then the then the stiff doesn't show up for the rest of the year. You couldn't even use him in the playoffs. Okay, that's a good yeah. one. Sends a guy for two years. Can't even use him in the playoffs. Okay, that's number one. Mike, he wasn't even on number the ALCS two. roster. To your point, he wasn't on the ALCS roster. So you're yeah, closer. Exactly. Exactly. He's supposed to be a closer now and in the future. Okay? That's that's number one. Number two, again, I, I'm sure all other calls are brought up too, and such as yourself. You got two bums that play first base. Bobby Darbach and Frenchy Gadeo should not be in the major leagues whatsoever. They should not be wearing a major league uniform, let alone with the Red Sox. They're just terrible. Two bums between Bonds and those two should put them in a mail sack, ship off overseas somewhere. And and don't hold your breath when Bonds comes back. Don't hold your breath with him. He's in Worcester no right now, trying to get him right, Mike. You don't you don't think they're going to get Barnes right? Come on. Oh, please. He, I tell you, he's, he's a guy, he'll get two quick outs on, on a batter, and then he'll just blow up, let alone if he comes in with men on base. Forget about it. I mean, Heimblum, the Red Sox have made some bad signings in the past, like with Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez, but this one here was a bad one too. This guy was supposed to be a closer now and in the future. Well, and Mike, again, you know who is you know who the highest the second highest paid reliever on the Red Sox is, right? Uh, who's that? Jake Diekman. Those two guys are making a combined eleven point six mil this year. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. I'll tell you, you know, John Henry. I'm surprised at him. He should just sell the team 
He should just sell the team is what he should do. See, you don't have that drive and one passion like we, when he first bought the team with um, Lokino and uh, Werner. Well, Lokino's not here no more. I mean, he's the CEO. He's the um, he, he's the uh, uh, he owns the team um, yeah, pretty much on his own. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, right. Lukino, I'm talking about John Henry. I mean, yeah. he's uh, he's the main contributor to no, all of the Red Sox. Mike, I, Mike, I appreciate the call, and I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I really do. I really think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying there is this team won its four World Series. They got the nice run last year and all that. And at this particular point in time, it feels like right now it's more of a business to John Henry. This team is more of a business to the ownership group. They got a lot of different things. They got the Penguins. They have Liverpool. Heck, if there is an NBA team in Las Vegas, they're going to be involved in that. That's part of the calculus with having LeBron James, part of Fenway Sports Group, is thinking ahead. They're treating this more of just a piece of the portfolio, and I juxtapose that to what Wick is doing. I give Wick a ton of credit. Brad Stevens says, green light. Okay, we were two wins away from winning an NBA championship. Heck, they, I mean, if they close out that fourth quarter in game four, they win the championship. We're just missing a couple of things. We need playmaking. We need shooting. Green light we can spend. They go way over the tax. They get Malcolm Brogdon a legitimate playmaker, a guy that can shoot as well, and they get Danilo Gallinari. They go out. Brad Stevens says, green light. Ownership is hungry. Ownership wants to win with the Boston Celtics. The drive with the Red Sox right now, there is no way to argue they have the same fire. They certainly don't, because if they did have the same fire, why didn't they approach Kyle Schwarber and be more serious about it? 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to... Austin in New Hampshire. What's up, Austin? Hey, Brian. How you doing today? Good, man. Good, good. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller, huge fan of the show. Uh, always appreciate your show. You always keep it real, especially in this market. Just wanted to really touch on two quick things. Uh, the Schwarber thing this offseason, absolutely inexcusable and unexcusable. I don't know how you don't even entertain it when the guy completely revitalized your whole offense in the second half of last Wait, year. Wait, Austin, you don't um, think they really entertained it? You don't think the $30 million discount was good for Schwarber? You don't think he should have taken that? I am so done with the hometown discount thing, it's unreal. You know, and, and, and I know it wasn't the quote hometown discount, but please, give me a break. You know what I'm saying? We could use an everyday Kyle Schwarber. You hit it right on the head. The guy has control of the strike zone. You know, he might strike out but he's going to walk. You know what I'm saying? That's the yeah. guy that we needed and we needed to have. And the other you know thing what? I want and, to and say about him. Thing. Hit... Uh, go ahead, Austin, one sec. This is what I like about Schwarber. Okay, so what the, he strikes out. He's going to hit you 30 bombs, and he's going to walk 15% of the time. So I don't give a rat's ass about the strikeouts. He's going to get on base, and he's going to hit home runs. And he made life so much easier for Devers. They acknowledged it. Couldn't he made more. life easier for Couldn't your best players. More. Yep, otherwise, then we're going to keep platooning at first base. We're going to do the Cordero thing. We're going to do the Dahlback thing. You know, we could have put Schwarber in a couple different positions, defensively, offensively, whatever. Um, you know, the second thing I really wanted to hit on, Duran last night, I don't know what that was. Absolutely unexcusable. I mean, it's one thing to lose the ball in the air. It's another thing to sit there and watch oh. the ball 20 oh. feet behind you and walk on the field. It's a Pathetic. professional baseball game on Unreal. You hit it both on the head, both parts right on the head. Love you, Bri. Great show. Talk to you soon. Good stuff, Austin. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. That was, and I talked about it off the top of the show. I'll get into it more in the pregame show. It was a joke. I mean, that is completely unprofessional from Jaron Duran. There was no excuse for that, and he was actually worse after the game with Julian McWilliams of the Globe. I mean, it, it was worse. Are you kidding me? You said that, oh, well, hey, you got to try to get something in the twilight, field something in the twilight. And then he doesn't want to run after because he doesn't want to run into Verdugo. Hey, that was a complete joke. Let's get to Wally in Fall River. Wally! What's up, Brian? Beautiful day out. But uh, as far as the Red Sox now, you know what they look like, like lambs being led to the slaughterhouse, Brian. Uh, they uh -oh. were playing lousy before the break. You almost had an 0-7 road trip, and you still got after this many uh, uh, home signs, you starting off with three with the Astros. So they better start doing something. That, uh, you know, it's going to give Hyman Bloom an excuse not to do anything. But uh, I don't expect much anyway out of him. Now, the way things are, Chris Sale ain't going to come back. Uh, yeah. Kiki's probably gone. 
So uh, we don't have much in trade value. But the only one is Duran. What are you going to get for Frenchie, uh, JBJ, uh, or, or whatever, Dalbeck? You're not going to get much. Even if you decide to trade Bogart, he's going to be a free agent. So what are you going to get from him? A can of beans? The same way with J.D. You're not going to really get what, what you want for these guys. Yeah, Wally, I appreciate the call, my friend. I, I don't know what is going to be out there for Duran. What's, I appreciate the call, Wally. I don't know what's going to be out there for Duran. I don't know what's going to be out there for like Bobby Dahlback, Franchi Gardera. You could get something of value with Bogarts and with J.D. Martinez. I mean, you certainly could still get something, even though they're both impending free agents. In the case of Xander, the opt-out, and J.D., of course, free agent at the end of the season. You can get something for those guys. I just don't trust Bloom to make a good deal at the trading deadline, bottom line. Let's get to Frank in Essex. Hey, Frank. Good afternoon. Any chance of getting Theo Epstein back? Oh, my God, I wish, but he's working for Major League Baseball. Now, I wish he'd get Theo Epstein back. I mean, that guy's one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. And, and the other thing, which is really important to me, I, I'm 87 years old. I just don't want to see you leave this station. This is the best thing that ever happened in this station is you. And I hope other people call in and say the same thing if they have my same beliefs. And by the way, Hyam Bloom could be a Yankee spy. <laughs> All right, I'll leave you with that. <laughs> Great stuff, Frank. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much for the kind words. A Yankee spy. I do think it's funny that Hyam Bloom traded the Red Sox best player for to the Dodgers to his friend, Andrew Friedman, just like Kevin McHale traded Kevin Garnett to his friend. Danny Ainge. Let's get to Steve in Massachusetts. What's up, Steve? Hey, I, I, I love your show. Thank you very much. I have to tell you something. Watching Duran last night, if I'm Alex Cora and I had any passion, I would have walked out to second base after the play ended and everybody scored, and I would have said, get on the bench, and I would have pulled somebody off the bench to replace him in front of everybody. I would have did what Billy Martin did to Reggie Jackson I think it was back in 1978, and I would have showed him. And then I would have sent him down, up, down to, um, to the Paw Sox today. And I could tell one more thing, too. Yep. Bloom has got to be the worst. I'm sick and tired of, <laughs> if you go online, you read everybody talking about his geek stats and his analytical uh. crap. He is the worst GM I've ever seen. He's way out of his league. And I look at him, you lowball him with that Olsen contract at the Braves. And that's the frustration that I have. I wish that Henry would sell the team, and I wish that Bloom would go because he is the worst at assessing major league talent. Maybe the farm system's one thing, but as far as major league talent and making all the right decisions, this guy is a B-league general manager. And I love yeah, your show. Steve, Thank you very Steve, much. Steve, I appreciate it, man. And I don't disagree with anything you just said in terms of being a B-league manager. I, I don't know how you could give him more than a B in terms of what he's done at the major league level. If you just look at it right now, and you look at the major league stuff, it doesn't feel like that is a huge emphasis for Heim Bloom. Because here's the reality. How could the major league team be a real emphasis for Heim Bloom if we continue to see the same stuff at first base? If we witness Schwarber being ignored? If we continue to see a bad bullpen? You just look at the Red Sox bullpen, what they've put together here compared to the Yankees. And by the way, the Yankees had a big injury to their bullpen last night. Michael King, who's one of the best relievers in the sport. But you just look at the difference between the bullpen that the Yankees have put together and the bullpen that the Red Sox have put together, and you look, can look at part of the reason that the Yankees are, from a record perspective, the best team in baseball. Now, I still believe that the Astros are better than them, but anyway, that's a total little digression. But if you look at the two bullpens and you compare them just by the numbers, it's staggering how much better the Yankees are. ERA, the Red Sox are 391, that's 19th. The Yankees are 289, that's second. Ground ball rate, the Red Sox at 42.3%, that's 19th. The Yankees are first at 51.1%. Hard hit rate, the Red Sox are 28th at 40.2%. The Yankees are second at 34.1%. The Red Sox are barreled up 7.8% of the time, that's 24th. The Yankees 5.4%, that's first in baseball. The Red Sox bullpen has given up the 17th most home runs. The Yankees has given up the fewest meltdowns, which basically just means meltdowns and shutdowns are win probability stats in terms of are you helping the team win or are you adding to the possibility of a loss? The Red Sox have 59 meltdowns, 27th in Major League Baseball. The Yankees have 44. That's just seventh. So that's one of the major differences between these two teams. 
Brian Cashman has assembled an outstanding bullpen with the New York Yankees. Heim Bloom, for the second consecutive year, has been absolutely horrendous putting together a group of relievers. And unfortunately for Alex Cora, too many times he's had to ask for more out of his starters. And look, I, I don't know this for a fact, but if you just look at Nick Pavetta and how fatigued he is, and if you look at his fastball his last two outings, where it's dipped well under 93 miles an hour on average, and for the entire year he's well over 93 miles an hour, what do you think's going on? Cora had to ride the guy, and right now he's dealing with a dead arm. I'm not saying it's definitely a dead arm, but he's dealing with arm fatigue. That's why he's not pitching over the weekend. Brian Bayo is starting in the game tomorrow. So they've had to ride these starters because of that. Cora, there's a reason he has to pitch starters at the end of the season last year because he can't trust the guys in the bullpen. There was a reason in the playoffs last year, Cora is putting his starters into the game rather than his bullpen arms because he doesn't have good enough bullpen arms, at least enough of them. That's been part of the problem. And the one other thing I wanted to mention real quickly before we get ready for Red Sox pregame, Xander Bogarts at the All-Star game was asked by Frank Thomas if the goal was still to make the playoffs. And Xander said, I think so, because he legitimately doesn't know the direction of the front office. How could he? And then Xander, by himself, not asked about it, he brought up Schwarber. He said, it'd be great if we could find a guy that had the impact of Schwarber because he carried us for multiple stretches last season. That's what Xander Bogart said. The leader of the team who clearly wanted Schwarber back here and is clearly, and J.D. Martinez said, we need help too. These guys are pleading with the front office to give them help. And I just feel awfully, I feel bad. I feel awful for the guys in the clubhouse that are multi-time playoff guys, are World Series champions, that this could be it for them. And the guy running the organization didn't do nearly enough. That's a really bad way for it to end for Bogarts and J.D. Martinez here. All right, thanks for Stiz for producing. Coming up next, Red Sox baseball across the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.